Welcome back to the 30-something podcast with Sunny. This is the show where we talk all about motherhood, self-care, and second chapters. By that, I mean little pivots or changes, maybe big changes people have made in lives after they've gone through something or decided they needed something new. Um, I'm a big, big believer in new starts, and I love talking to people on this show who, um, who've changed their path and found happiness and success in doing so. Today's episode is Oh my, first of all, it's the longest episode I've ever recorded because I just couldn't stop talking to her. Uh, Melanie Pace is a stylist and a fashion expert. She has been uh, in the game for almost 15 years now, has styled huge celebrities all over the country, down on to common people like me. Melanie worked with me, oh gosh, 10 years ago now when I was still working in television. And I can't tell you how life-changing it was, at least for me, to have someone literally tell me what to wear. Um, we see ourselves, and Melanie and I discussed this in detail during the episode, but we see ourselves so differently from reality sometimes. We are critical of ourselves, and I think that fashion can be a big block for women, especially after a change like motherhood where your body changes, your hormones change, sometimes your mindset changes. So I wanted to bring Melanie on the show because she really speaks to um, not only the fun side of fashion, which I think we have all appreciated at one point or another, but the difficulty that it can sometimes present too after some big life changes. So Melanie herself is a new mom. She's got a little boy, Elijah, who's about 10 months old now. So we talk all about um, dressing for your for your change body after having kids. We talk about what to do practically when you go in a store and feel completely overwhelmed. We run through wardrobe staples and basics and little things you can do with the things you already have in your wardrobe to make them work a little better. So we cover it all. And we talk about motherhood and we talk about sad boobs and we talk about everything that changes um, after having kids in your body, which is wonderful and just also totally crazy. So, um, by the way, you're going to hear, um, Melanie and I get into a discussion about, um, plus size brands and how that's becoming uh, more available and accessible. Thankfully these days, I had a total brain fart in the middle of the interview. You're going to hear me (laughs) reference a brand. It's universal standard. That was the brand I was looking for, but you know, I've, my short-term memory is awful, and I couldn't recall it on the spot. But anyhow, um, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. It is such a pleasure to hear somebody talk um, with such great experience and such, such passion about a topic that I feel like really just stymies so many of us fashion. So Melanie breaks it down. She helps make it a little simpler and a little more fun, and I love it. So without further ado, everybody enjoy. This is Melanie Pace. All right, guys. Welcome, Melanie Pace, to the studio. Yay! Hi, Mel. Hi. <laughs> okay, Mel and I go back. Oh gosh, at least it's been about ten years, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You came into it my. It was little... when you first moved here. Yeah, it's been ten years. You're like, hello. I dragged you into my apartment that was probably as big as this podcast studio, yep. and I was like, "Help me dress." Um, You're like, I wear brown, navy, and black. <laughs> And now I look at the TV and no one wears any of those colors here. Can so we just, yes. Can we just talk about how like geography really does? I mean, obviously it dictates fashion based on like mm-hmm. the heat and the temperature, but it is a whole different world on how you dress depending on where you live. I'm like shocked by that. As a person who does not consider herself very adept at like following trends and fashion, I remain shocked by that. Like <laughs> it's like a New York style is different, obviously, totally. from California, totally. from Florida style. Like what is the defining – well, I, I should ask you this first because you're the guest of honor here. What is your style and what have you tried to bring into the work that you do? 
Uh, it's definitely climate. I think that you dress depending on climate. Even when I travel to New York, you know, you try to fit in with what's going on mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, the things around you. And I think that that's important, you know, so you don't stand out, especially when you're in the public eye and you're on TV. You're like, well, I got it. I mean, I love my brown suit, but nobody else is wearing <laughs> did it. Did anybody ever? I might. I, oh, my God. Melody, I do remember I you a, did have a brown suit. A fashion disaster. It was probably like mustard. Yeah, I had so many bad things going on. No, you know, you when didn't. I started in TV, I was 21, and no one yeah. took me seriously. And so right. I had to dress the part and cut my hair short and do the whole mm -hmm. shebang. It's a really, you can attest to this, too. The media mm -hmm. world is so different these days, and we're really, thankfully, allowed to express ourselves right. without being judged in that right. way. But, but I mean, I was, 20, I was 22 when I started my career, so I was going in the same thing. I needed mm -hmm. people to take me seriously. So it, it's almost like I think I believe I did a little bit of research too. I, I Googled you to see what you were wearing. And then I also Googled other mm -hmm. um, people in the industry that were here, here, right. Miami, California, because again, it's that same climate of what women look like on TV. Sure. And I think that that was also important when I met you is, um, and, and it's the same thing with me. When I'm going to a client's house that I know is a lawyer, mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to wear, you know, short shorts and a blazer. Sure. You know, so I, I think about who mm -hmm. my audience is and then I dress for and that And who you're as serving well. and helping, right? Abs absolutely. Let's talk about your career and how you started because sure. I feel like people look at your job and they say, oh my gosh, this is some, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I'm sure you hear this frequently too yeah. from younger people like, okay, I want to have your job. And you're right. like, well, or here's you, what it took to get me Or here. you tell men, oh, I, uh, I'm a personal shopper. Oh, my wife is too. <laughs> yeah. You're like, nope. Not, like, <laughs> <laughs> not the same. Not the same. But like, seriously, what does <laughs> yeah. someone study or like, what was your track to get like where you are today? Because your clients now are, I mean, they're all across the country. I know you work remotely a lot too. So right. you're not just dependent on location. So how did you get to where you are? Well, you know, I grew up playing softball my whole life. And in college, my first two years, I was on a softball scholarship. So I feel like I was nowhere near um, wanting to be in fashion. Didn't know where I wanted to go. Um, but I know that growing up, I was always the person that everybody came to. You know, what what are you wearing? Can you dress me? You know, can we borrow your clothes? Can you do our hair and makeup? And so I was always the last one getting ready, of course, because I was getting all of my other friends <laughs> you were ready. A good friend. yes. yes. So <laughs> it's funny the foreshadowing of what I was doing, you know, dressing my Barbies. And I used to pray at night that the clothes would end up in my drawers. I oh my swear, God. I would put Barbie's clothes in my drawers and be like, please, God, allow me to have these clothes that Barbie has. And oh, I'd wake up and obviously be disappointed every morning. But oh my gosh. It, it was a foreshadowing of where my life would be. But I was so stuck in that sports, what my what my parents wanted. Um, not that they were pushing me to be, but it was that structure. Well, you were a good athlete too. I mean, yeah, it's, I it's hard to walk sports. away from a talent of that course. you have. So, But then also, what were my other friends that were in that field of... Of, uh, they were being, they were going into teaching, they were going into, um, you know, studying in marketing or whatever it was, but it was just that nine to five job. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I got out of college, I went to fashion merchandising school at Florida State after my two years of playing softball. And then I'm like, what do I do? I hate math. I, which was all planning buying. That was what we learned in college. Right. And I'm like, I was always good at recess. <laughs> I was always good at lunch. Hanging I was, out, talking yeah, to people. Exactly. Yeah. Hanging out. Social. But you were a social person, exactly. I'm sure. And I always was in retail. So I loved clothes. I loved fashion, even though I didn't have the money to buy the stuff. It mm -hmm. was like I always figured out a way to look cute without spending a million dollars. And then it was, I worked at Anthropology right out of college. And I did an internship there doing visual display and quickly learned that wasn't my forte either. I'm artistic, but not to the point of where I can draw 
like here's a piece of paper make a masterpiece that wasn't how my mind worked right so I really liked being out on the floor and then while I was working there I met a professional baseball player's wife and a professional golfer's wife and they're like hey can you do styling for me outside of the store went to my manager to make sure that was okay and then I started doing styling I literally made um I made a website bought melaniepace.com just on GoDaddy or something so like that. Yeah. yeah. And then I made business cards with a girlfriend of mine. She was um, a graphic designer and I cut them out literally with scissors. Oh I <laughs> and I had it. to go into Gucci that next day because the professional golfer's wife, she's like, oh, we have $15,000 to spend. And I'm like, I have $15 in my bank account. Like, That's insane. <laughs> living at home with a broke down car. I swear that was like, but I'm like, oh yeah, totally. I can definitely <laughs> do that for you. You're I like, that I've seen like I just shopped for thirty grand for someone last week. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But that was my that was kind of my first gig. Went into Gucci, wow. handed out these jagged. Um, it was like a little picture of me holding shopping bags That's and went in. I'm like, hi, I'm Melanie Pace. I'm a personal shopper and I'm going to be coming in tomorrow at nine with Amy. Do you mind if um, you have a, a fitting room set up? And I'm like, I've seen on TV, you know, where they put champagne in the fitting rooms. And I'm like, do you mind having like champagne or something? So that way it's just a great experience. And then I remember walking out in my like $30 outfit. Like, what did I just do? Oh Obviously, my God. Like high-fiving yeah, myself. Yes and oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Totally took me seriously. I guess the Forever 21 outfit really was looked looked more expensive and then I left and I'm like wow I can do this but I remember I temporary blacked out don't remember exactly what I said but that moment kind of pushed me to be like wow I may be 22 um I may be fresh out of college I don't have a single client except for this person but this is my moment like Mm -hmm. this is my opportunity to be to to be fearless and who cares how old you are sure um obviously many hiccups along the way but yeah, that was and, that was kind of the moment. And how long have you been doing this now? It'll be 14 years. Wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things to, to jump off on that story from, but what really stands out to me is, especially speaking to an audience who I feel like women are constantly trying to find their path, and, and mm-hmm. purposes can change. Jobs right. can change. Careers can change. So what I hear when, when I hear you tell me that story is someone who you hit a moment and it felt good and you ran with it. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of people can do that with work or have the opportunity to be equally as passionate about their job as they are about things that they genuinely care about. And and I do think it comes through in your work. I mean, if you guys follow Melanie on social media, I mean, it, it's clear that you are a person who enjoys what you do. You like making yourself look nice. You like making other people look Mm -hmm. nice. And it must feel good to know that, you know, sometimes you following your path, your gut really is the Mm -hmm. way to get to your path. I mean, when you talk to young girls, do they have to have a moment where they're like, okay, I I, like need to convince my parents of this, or I need to, and what do you tell them? Um, Well, I had to convince my parents. I mean, I remember wanting to move to New York or LA and that was the only way that I thought that I could have a career like this is if I moved away. And people used to say that all the time. Why don't you move to California? Why don't you move to New York? And it always, there was always this gut feeling of if I do that, there's so many of me there. Mm -hmm. Here, there's like one other person that I even know that's doing something like this and it's very different than who I am. So why don't I stay here? And to hit on even like the young younger generation of people that always say, well, you know, you have to come from money to do that. You have to have, um, things. I mean, my parents 
absolutely had no idea what I was doing. I mean, they were like head spinning off. What do you, why aren't you, you know, get a nine to five? Why aren't you working on getting insurance and building a 401k? And there was, you know, because they had the same jobs for, my dad's been at Disney for 42 years. Mom just um, retired from the school system for 30 years. So their structured life was very different than my dreaming of owning my own business. And I think that that was the, that's the biggest misconception of owning any business is that oh I'm sorry that's okay um, you're a mama now those phones ring I know <laughs> listen the, the, worse things have happened during recordings here so don't you worry I think the biggest misconception is that you do have to have this a mentor in the field in order for you to be successful you have to have all the contacts uh, to be successful or you have to come from money in order to make it in the fashion industry does it help. <laughs> I tell my interns, I'm like, if your parents are going to pay for you to live in New York, go. Right. Like, I just never had that opportunity. But that's a good point, though. Like you said, the saturation in that market is probably just incredible. It is now. It is now. It is now. 13 years ago, you know, Rachel Zoe had not even come out with her TV show yet where people are like, oh, my God. A personal stylist. There's a celebrity stylist that can come to your house, and I wonder if they can do that for me. And I do say that her coming out with that show was a game changer for my business, too, because everyone used to say, oh, you're like Rachel Zoe. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I mean, hire me. Yeah. Doing the exact same stuff though, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does it take to really get to know a client? I always wondered how you do that because you're dealing with people who have different tastes and different Mm -hmm. body shapes and, and, and let's be honest, different hangups. Like we all have body hangups. I'm sure you've heard some stuff in the dressing room. Like, Oh, you, you know, like a lot of it, even in their house. I mean, you've gone through, um, babies being born to family members dying to, um, divorces to, I mean, you name it, you've been through it with them. But I think that the biggest thing is just them trusting you and being real. I, again, I didn't grow up with, um, you know, around things and stuff and vacations. And so we were very simple people. And I think that when I come to their house, they automatically are a little intimidated. Somebody's going to be in my home. She's going to be this really fabulous person that drops her off at the curb in an Escalade. And it's like, nope, you know, here I am pulling up in my Acura or, you know, whatever the case is. And and your vibe is all, has always been very sweet and chill. I mean, like that's, I guess, I mean, that's your nature, but that helps I'm sure too, knowing that they're letting someone in who's genuinely into what they're doing is just genuinely a nice person because you're literally in their closet right and then you're you know you're in their personal space I think Mm -hmm. that a closet's very intimate for somebody because it's normally it could be immaculate or it could be a mess right right. and they're also very insecure is she judging me does she like my clothes does she not because you're there for a purpose and I think that the purpose is always guide them but also encourage them and I'm not somebody that comes in and just wipes everything out either I think it's really about saying I really love your clothes however I think that if you don't want to get rid of that blazer we can find one that's Mm going to fit you better or it'll be a better um, quality it'll last you longer so really like thinking about keywords that aren't breaking people down Mm -hmm. but also encouraging them and it doesn't always work like I'm not everybody's cup of tea it, it, you know, it, you I'm don't. Cu- yeah, you, but I'm curious how they could have anyone could have a problem with you. You're so you know, like. Do you know what I'm saying? I like, do there's know. still, or you have I bad think, days well, or moments. I mean, that and happens. there are people who want someone to just push them in a direction, yeah, and of you're, they're probably not going to get that experience with you. You're not headstrong. Okay, sometimes let's, let's I am. And, sometimes I'll say no, you can't have that. And right? Like, really? And I'm like, listen. Yeah, you do let shoot me, people. Let straight. me tell you. But then there's moments that I also fluff it because I I think you read the person. You read the person in the situation. I mean. Yeah. 
Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm hearing you say this and it's reminding me that you taught me the most basic thing about my, my blazers and jackets that I still use to this day. Don't roll your eyes because this is so <laughs> freaking obvious. You were like, you can just, we're just going to roll these sleeves up and we're going to like leave it open instead of buttoning it up. And I was like, oh my God, you have like rocked my <laughs> world. I was like, wait, and can I put a belt over a shirt? Like these little, and, and again, this sounds so stupid because I'm not I just, I'm not a naturally fashionable person per se, but the little things that you told me to do with the wardrobe I had, I felt, I mean, they still kind of help trickle me in to somewhere. this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, think that's also important because I think that sometimes people, especially in my occupation, they don't give the tricks of right. what you can do to make your body look better. Even just rolling up your sleeves a little bit or getting something altered. Yes. Or, I mean, like little little things. Don't wear things that are going to overwhelm you in this area mm-hmm. versus this area because as women, we do have completely different bodies. And I sure. also think my mom growing up, she always struggled with her weight. And my my sister also had a very different body than me. So I think growing up, it, it also helped me watch them struggle. They always struggled. Somebody always was crying when we left. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I always had a size zero body and anything and everything that I put on in the fitting room. So then there was that struggle of how do I navigate that mm-hmm. when I'm with my sister? Mm-hmm. How do I navigate that when I'm with my mom to where you are sensitive about people's body type without right. you feeling bad about your own body type, but then also encouraging women. And I think that that was also uh, something that I learned growing up with being in a family where not we weren't all size zero. Right. It's different. It's it, very different. You That that in particular is such an interesting topic to me. You've had a child now. Your, your yes. baby's going to be 10 months soon. Yes. And we have complicated relationships with our bodies to begin with. Absolutely. We could get into the sociology of that. Yes. But, I mean, there's societal expectations. There's things that we're raised with that we're told to look like and act like. And so it really takes someone who understands that, mm-hmm. you know, that very delicate perception we have of ourselves because we are all so hard on our bodies. Is there oh, something gosh. that, especially after having a kid that you've <laughs> learned or that you feel like you took from that experience? Cause I'm using that as an example. Cause that's like a body changing moment mm-hmm. for anybody just by virtue of you know, oh, nature. So it is. And I, I remember I was in the fitting room the other day and you know, you always go into that one fitting room that's like shows every uh, dimple, every, I, I just online shop. No, for oh that. my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm, I was looking at my body. I'm like, how did it get here? You know, because I was always so into fitness and I had, you know, at the moment you don't think that you have a rocking body, but I look back, I'm like, how, what? I thought that that wasn't a good oh body. My gosh. How it's does insane. that even happen? Love your bodies now, 20 love, somethings. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> and love your bodies in your thirties and forties oh, yeah, too. I mean, course, it's yeah. obviously, it's one of those things where I even say a lot out loud where I put myself down where I say, Oh, I need to, you know, I still have 20 pounds. I need to lose. And people are like, what? You look amazing. I'm like, thank you. I, I don't feel bad about my body. It's just, there's things that I think could be better or things that I say, well, I haven't really worked out in two years. So I know that I could look different Mm -hmm. and it is, it's a, it's a, it is a struggle. I mean, every day you, you kind of wake up and some, some of your friends' bodies bounce right back and some of your friends' bodies don't. And I may not be that person that my body has bounced back, but I have to be kind to myself Mm -hmm. because nobody else is going to make me feel better but myself. I don't care what my husband says. I don't care what my friends say. The stranger, I am the one that 
that has to look at my body and I have to encourage myself. And believe me, I'm really bad at it. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm really bad at what it. What do you do? Is there, are you a, a meditator? Self-tanner. You, self-tanner? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I love it. The most practical and oh my simple gosh, tip. the Sandro Pay, if, if, if I have time to go sit in the bathroom and put that Sandro Pay on immediately with better. a mitt, I mean, it's just, it's a game changer. I know that sounds so stupid. No, I love but it. But the next morning I wake up, I'm like, wow, them legs that I hated <laughs> yesterday, I don't mind them today. I mean, I could still go to the gym, but yeah, I think, um, and then now that I, I live in Toronto, I walk a lot. And I think that when I get back, especially being outside with my baby and being able for us to take in fresh air together and he always laughs when the wind hits him, it's like those little moments where you're like, who cares what my body looks like? I'm healthy. I'm living. I'm here for my child. Who cares? Yeah. But it, then you, but then sometimes when you're naked, you're like, dang. I know. It's really, and it's Let difficult. Let me go do some like, squats. I know. I know. Well, and, <laughs> and we have these, and with social media now, I feel like a lot of these conversations naturally play out publicly. Mm. I've been open in the past about, like, it is an unpopular opinion, but I, I do care about you know, things in my body that, like you said, don't look the same after kids. But you say that and then people are like, well, you know, you're obviously, you know, not mentally healthy if you care so much. No, I don't agree with that. It's not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can care about things in different aspects of your life, like, and not veer off course. So say, say you're, say you're able, this is, this is totally unrelated to the way that you look. Say you were able to run five miles. My father does this. He doesn't care about the way his body looks, but he's, he used to be able to run five miles and do it in a quick time. Well, now that he's older, he can't do it. So like whatever in life Mm -hmm. that makes you whatever you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. And now it's different, whether it's running five miles or the way that your body looks, I don't think that that makes you mentally unhealthy. I think that it puts in reality what, where you are in your life, which is okay. Yeah. And the more that we talk about, there are many facets to, like you said, body acceptance and, and motherhood and the way that those intersect. And I think the more we talk about it, the better it ends up being for everybody because mm-hmm. everybody's journey is different and you never want a mom especially who's already in a, in a period of her life that's difficult to feel like, okay, well, now I'm a bad person because I care about this or I should care less about this and more about right. that. It's You really do have to find that sweet spot. Yeah. But you're in a world where, I mean, sizes come as they are mm-hmm. and what's on the rack is on the rack. I right. know that tailoring is an option, but mm-hmm. have you seen the fashion world respond to this body positivity movement in a good way? Do you think there are more and better options for people of all sizes now or what have you seen over the past few years? Yes and no. I think um, you see it more on social media, but I don't see it as much in store mm-hmm. as you would if there is that body positive blogger that they hire for loft or right. um, a big shopping center now has you know plus size models. But I do still see the discrimination of uh, big time corporate when you say let's let's hire a few plus size models and they're like. No, what? you know, yeah, still, mm-hmm. you do see it. And I also think that it's still very hard for my mom to shop when we go into certain stores. She can only shop at certain stores. Maybe she wants to go into a higher end store and the, the section is very small mm-hmm. and it discourages her it, it, it's because she's like, I want to wear so hard. similar to what you're wearing right. or I want to wear something that's cute, but I don't necessarily want to have to go into a store that's specific for right. women that are plus size, especially if you think my mom is older um, she's in her 60s. There's already whereas, a bias against what that. What about the women that are right. in their 20s or right. in their teens where then they have to go into the older section in order to feel 
significant to their to their peers, and I think that that is that has not been changed yet. The gap is still very much there. Do you think that individual brands will start to respond better? I know there they are, are. It's they called are. Universal Amer- Universal. What is that one brand? I'm going to look it up while we're talking. But um, there was one brand that I was reading about again on a blog who made. Um, their size range, like just completely from like one end of the spectrum to the other. And they Mm -hmm. were really lauded for it. And everyone said, what a great job, but you're right. It does seem to be a one-off. Do you think in the next five to 10 years, we're going to see that change drastically? I do. I mean, even, even in an anthropology, there's a whole section in anthropology now that you can Mm -hmm. actually go in and try on the clothing and it's the same exact stuff. So what I would wear versus what my mom would wear. And we love that. We love going into anthropology and then I can help her shop Mm -hmm. in that section I think that almost maybe integrating some of that to where it's not a completely separate section where it's like oh my mom's like oh the fat women over here and then the skinny women over here and I think that that's where if they could integrate it and make it all one it won't make people feel like that you're different than I than I am whether you're skinny or whether my mom's you know whether you're fat you know and I think that that's um, that's the, that's the, uh, the disconnect with, mm-hmm. within brands. But yes, I mean, I've even seen surf brands that have gone up to, you know, one X, two X and awesome. that's huge yeah, I that's mean, awesome. for me to be able to wear the same bathing suit as, as someone that is a plus size. I think that that's, that's a great thing for young girls, especially. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm not just saying this. I really, as a woman, I see beauty in of every form of other women, of, course. of other women. We're just so, we just don't reflect that kindness back mm-hmm. on ourselves. But I can legitimately look at every woman I see and find many beautiful things about her. But we just really have that block, I think, when it comes to ourselves. But I like that it's a conversation now. I like that stores mm-hmm. and brands are responding. And I just, yes. you know, for our daughters and sons and generations. I want my, you know, my son to see everybody is equally beautiful. I want my daughters to feel no matter what they look like, that they are just as beautiful. I want my mom to feel that way. Roles reversed where I'm her daughter. I want my mom to feel that way, whether she's 60, 70. I think that there's been way too many years of her not being kind to herself because she feels intimidated shopping. Mm -hmm. She feels intimidated walking into a certain mall or a certain store. And she's so unkind to herself about her weight that I encourage her to be more kind to herself and I think that sometimes that can be society where we shop where we where we are and and I and I think that um I want that for her too what do you tell women who are intimidated to go into stores I mean the fact Mm -hmm. is we do have to try things on at some point and I know that the overwhelm is a real thing you can walk and just see tons of racks Mm -hmm. and literally not know where to start is there some starting point or mantra you tell to some of your clients who are trying this on their own, what they can do to hone in on their style. I love, I think the, the, the highlight of my career was when I was younger and I would wear things that were so dirt cheap. And sometimes I'd walk into their house with like a pair of boots from Goodwill and they'd be like, oh my God, where are those boots from? And you're like, <laughs> Goodwill. And I would always own it. I'd be like, oh, I got all of this from H&M or I got all of this from Forever 21. They're like, teach me your ways. And we would go to the mall. We would spend, you know, thousands of dollars in Bloomingdale's or Neiman Marcus. And then we'd pop into Gucci and then they'd be like, take me into Forever 21. I can't do it. I can't navigate this store. It's absolutely insane. And I always say do a figure eight. So come in, Don't look at the whole store. Almost Mm kind of keep your head down. I do the same thing because I myself get overwhelmed, but I feel like there's a, there's a, a way to shop. 
go in left and just keep on headed around and then head back through the middle and then, you know, do your figure eight, but almost just tone in on a few racks at a time and don't, don't turn your head. Don't like, look don't look down, you know, or, like, like when you're I, up on a, on the 50th floor or whatever, just oh, don't look terrifying. down, keep your focus straight and look what you're looking for. And then if you, if you do your figure eight, you don't find anything that catches your eye, then you're, right. then you're out. Yeah. Analysis paralysis is real. Or I look at how they put the clothes together on the mannequin and I'm like, Oh, that's it. Like the lazy way and to shop. And that's but it's, fine. Some, some women you know, almost like beat themselves up because they're like, I have no style. And I picked this off the, the mannequin. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. If that is what you like and right. you put it on and it fits your body, who cares? That's what the mannequins are there for. They right. want to sell you. Um, I also think people um, don't remember that in stores there are personal shoppers. And even in a store like an anthropology, they have a special stylist that can stop everything that they're doing and really understand who you are. People I think are scared of that because they're like, do I have to pay extra? And you don't. Okay. You don't. So a Macy's, a Bloomingdale's, even in anthropology. And now stores are really focused on that because it's such a selling point that you can go in and you can have um, a personal, uh, Neiman Marcus too, they also have a personal shopper and they'll take you into a nice, clean beautiful fitting room and they might offer you a drink and what if you, <laughs> you like, don't don't like anything though and then you feel really bad for taking up all their time listen I've pulled <laughs> I've pulled things for people that have paid me you know my hourly rate and they don't like anything and that has happened to me right. as I've gotten older not as much but I think it's because I've I've I, I understand almost how not to convince them because sometimes it does take a lot of convincing. I mean, you walk away from some clients, you're like, Oh my God, that was so exhausting. I just had to convince them that this white shirt looked good on them, you know? And it was such a no brainer in my, in my eyes, but to them, you know, buying a $98 white t-shirt was a big deal. Mm -hmm. However, I knew the benefits behind it. And I also knew that they also have other $98 t-shirts in their, in their wardrobe. I'm not trying to sell them something that they can't um, walk away from and feel like that it's going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, being able to kind of navigate through and convince that person that at least there's like three or four pieces that they can walk away with and they'll love. Do you live by the rule that there are staples that should be in everyone's wardrobe? I know body types are different and, and styles and or sort of tastes are different, mm-hmm. but are there pieces that you tend to see or that you always bring to the same clients knowing that they work for most people? Well, sometimes when you go into a client's, a client's closet and they say, um, you know, I really just here for you to put things together with what I have. And that ends up being a challenge for me. because there are pieces that I always feel are missing. And I'm not a person that says, well, you have to have a black blazer and you have to have this and you have to have that. I think it's in, at the end of the day, the, uh, the end result, those things always end up making their way into when I'm trying to style outfits. If you have no jewelry at all, that's really hard for me. If you have no clutches for nighttime and you only have handbags, I'm like, okay, well that would be probably one of my things is that you need a nice clutch. Mm -hmm. Uh, A black blazer can go over anything. It doesn't, not a work black blazer, but you know, an oversized black blazer, really nice pair of jeans. I mean, there's all these things that you go, God, I really wish that you had a, like a really nice pair of dark denim. So give me a wish list. If you were mm-hmm. to, um, like, I know capsule collections or capsule wardrobes are a big thing these days. People trying to like be minimal with their consumerism. And they're like, I want to know exactly what I can wear that, that I could combine in different ways. What would be in your capsule wardrobe? So now that I travel a lot and I travel with a baby and I don't really have as much time to sit and, you know, go through a wardrobe of what I'm going to wear for a day, I find myself 
packing capsule wardrobes and re-wearing things over and over again. Lately, it's been a slip dress. Hmm. It could be like a sleeveless, and even sleeveless, in the winter. Absolutely. Okay. Tell um, me more. Winter, winter, Florida winter. Right. <laughs> I live in Toronto. <laughs> it's snowing. I but think it's twenty something degrees underneath, right, you, or on top, correct. like a nice chunky sweater. Yes. So I have this one slip dress that I got from Anthropology. It has a lot of color, but you don't necessarily have to do color if that's just not your cup of tea. But I'm from Florida, so right. clearly I'm, you know, I like a little color. I like a little color. And wearing, like you said, you can do a, a turtleneck, a very um, thin bodysuit turtleneck underneath it and throw a leather jacket on top. You can do a jean jacket or even a plaid blazer. So a jean jacket, a leather jacket, and a plaid blazer go on every trip with me. It's oh, that's a an, black what, and what color black and white plaid. Black and white plaid. And so and like a like boyfriend an, blazer. A boyfriend kind of. oversized, very fitted, very sexy. I can throw it over my shoulders or I can put it on with jeans and a t-shirt and wear it and zhuzh up the sleeves. Oh, I love that look. Very oh. easy. So wait, who makes the one that you like? I have H- It's one from H&M. It's their um, higher end. So I think it was mm. like around $69. So the, the quality, it's double breasted. It's, right. it's, the quality is just better. And it's not f- just for fall. Like I can wear it into spring or I'll wear it out to dinner for a date night and just throw it over my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Some type of slip dress. Mm-hmm. And then I would bring a few different t-shirts, a tighter t-shirt that you can wear under things and then a looser t-shirt that you can put on top of the slip dress and make your slip dress into a skirt. Oh, like tie a little knot or make it cute. Yes. Wait, so, okay, we need brands. What tighter fitting t-shirts do you like these days? Um, Honestly, I think that it, I'm not a brand snob. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about going in and trying on what you like because if I say rag and bone and then rag and bone changes their fabric, right, they change right. their fit. There's a V-neck, there's a high neck, there's a, there's so many different things and I don't I might not necessarily look good in a v-neck but you do so I think that trying on is going to be your best friend can you give us some good budget lines for tees like good Mm -hmm. basics because I I agree with you that like I find myself going back to the same kind of things over and over t-shirts or makeup literally 40 percent of my closet my Mm -hmm. sister was like I've never seen anyone own more (laughs) t-shirts um so what budget t-shirts do you like for your clients and yourself and what higher end ones do you like even if it's just a couple so that people Mm -hmm. can start to know where to look online um I I tend to go to Zara a lot mm-hmm. for t-shirts, for graphic t-shirts. I think that they have really cool stuff. Their sleeves are a little bit longer. Um, and that's going to be more on your budget friendly. Uh, I try to stay away from Target. And I know I'm throwing names out right now. So I, I think I hope that that's okay. No, that's totally okay. fine. Yeah, okay. uh, we, we say um, it all here, sister. I love Target. Believe me, we don't have one in Canada. And it's Kill, it kills me every day. What? Don't ever have a baby and move to a country that doesn't have Target because it's literally like where do you a crime. Go, where do you go for three hours at a time and just mm. walk? <laughs> like, is there Outside. A, um, I mean, that's actually probably much healthier and there, better, though. We go to the mall and we just yeah. walk around. Yeah, but Target would definitely be a, a much better option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've killed so many hours in Target. It's mm-hmm. bonkers. Yeah, this, the first thing I do when I get here is I... I shower get get off the plane like put some clothes on and like go straight to target and just <sighs> load it Elisha, up this is they target have, <laughs> i found some really good um i really like their what are they called like in-house um brands mm-hmm. like i've yes. had luck with their who what where line yes a new day yes but like I, I know there's a whole trend now in fashion where people are being encouraged to stay away from like mass production mm-hmm. stores and be more conscious about right. how much they're consuming so i mean i know that that's a whole separate discussion yes. but um for quick fashion, I 
quick quick fashion targets not bad right. i think for t-shirts if we're going to tone in on it yeah a, on let's a hone t-shirt, in on t-shirts yes um, i would stay away from like a massimo or yeah. anything like that because it, it fades quickly um you're not going to get you're not going to get a lot of wears out of it and it's just going to start looking dingy very quickly um i I will say if you're going to buy basics, try to get when you can do like friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I A lot of my clients are like, well, I only shop at Marshall's or I only shop sale at Nordstrom Rack or you can go into a Macy's or into a Bloomingdale's on their friends and family. And I promise you, you're going to get a better quality. You're not going to be, you know, get a migraine when leaving because you've just sifted through racks and racks of clothes and you're going to save just as much money by doing that. So look for the sales. Look for the sales because if you're going to buy basics, then don't buy a bunch of white t-shirts unless you're getting the 25% off or you're getting a a kickback on a gift card or Mm -hmm. whatever the case is. And what about, you talked about blazers too. Mm H&M, I I totally agree. It's such Mm -hmm. a good place for especially people going to work who would need good exactly Zara is another great place for that it, it, and again like you said people are really picky about fast fashion right um but that's another thing that's a basic and I would if you even wanted a theory blazer that's 350 dollars wait till it goes on sale right. because not you know there's not going to be 20 people lined up for the uh black and white plaid blazer that's for 350 dollars right. you know what I'm saying like it will go on sale at some point you so. just have to be diligent about checking back right are you a big person like I I sign up for all the newsletters which mm-hmm. Andrew thinks I'm totally like yeah. he's like I this is disgusting I get like yeah. 3,000 emails a day but no. I find my my sales through there that's great I don't you I don't I, 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 <laughs> no. I unsubscribe to all Do of you that really? I can't I'm like such an like I'm a 75 year old woman in a 38 year old's and, body and if because that I love works looking for, you, for it. That's great. Yeah. Cause but then you're you feel, right. You feel Everything goes on better. sale at some point. Yes, it does. It's shocking. Yes. And sometimes you don't, you can't wait for it because you need it right then. Mm-hmm. And which is, which is totally fine too. I just think, um, there are those in between brands that you can find, you know, really good prices, but with great quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about how often are you really wearing, I've had that blazer for four years now and it's, you know, a $69 from H and M. It's just, it's a good quality. Yeah. I I'm thinking of a blazer that I got with you d- 10 years ago now, but I still have, mm-hmm. it's a shorter sleeved black deal. It's kind of straight cut. Um, Let's talk to our sister friends who are in careers who need to look sharp, professional, put together Mm -hmm. on kind of a budget. Where should they be starting, whether it be online or in person? Even uh, like an express, and I know Mm -hmm. that that sounds like, you know, blast from the past because that's what we were doing. Express because they have different lengths that you can shop. They also have different sizes. Um, You're going to go into probably an Ann Taylor or Mm -hmm. an Ann Taylor Loft crazy good sales you know the whole store is 40 percent off all and the, it, like every other week it's it, insane. exactly because it's under the gap um umbrella oh, and that's I, why mm-hmm. okay yeah, so sense. they it, like when we buy our kids clothes now right. it's like i'm not buying anything from gap until it's 40 percent off because yeah, definitely <laughs> all these suckers buy from gap it's like like 19.99 for a top no way no way i get mine for four bucks exactly. by the time we go on sale exactly um and again a, a macy's is another really great place right. because they have so many uh things to choose from there and you can get really good deals let's talk about bathing suits I know we're not quite in swimsuit season but there are some people who are dipping away to a tropical locale for part of the winter who and this is like a really intimidating time to go bathing suit shopping because we're like all hibernating even in Florida we kind of cover up a little more in the winter yes but um where do we even start with that because talk about hating that process you start with the self-tanner 
Oh, that this, it goes back to the Saint Tropez. I promise you, there. That's you, actually a really good tip because put if on you your like, self tanner before yes. you go bathing suit shopping. Go get a spray tan. Put on a little bit, at least on your legs, anywhere that you feel like ah, I don't really like this area of my body. Just almost get yourself ready. Put do your hair, do your makeup, like make put your put your best best self on, and then go bathing suit shopping because it's really a task and it's daunting. And most of the time, you end up walking away with something that you don't really like. I you've just blown my mind because I feel like if I took that approach with not only bathing suit shopping but shopping yeah. in general, it mm-hmm. would be a much kinder on yeah. myself experience even than just when going you go, in there. Even when you go shopping for say you have a wedding or you're in a wedding and you have to buy a beautiful dress, get yourself made up a little bit, and mm-hmm. then you'll feel a lot better when you are shopping. It'll just make you feel like a different person. I love that. You know what mm-hmm. else? Um, I'm sure you can attest to this too. Makes a huge difference when I'm trying on special occasion things. Is like the right undergarments. Yes. I find if my boobs are just flopping everywhere, mm-hmm. I can't get a good. Yeah, I, got, I got those floppy boobs oh now my too. God. Can we just talk about that for a minute? <laughs> yeah, that's um, it's humbling to have children, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's wonderful. But it's right. Humbling. It's actually the craziest thing ever. I mean, I never even thought that my boobs could get that big. See, my, why did my boobs get big? I'm so you resentful. Don't, don't wish that on yourself. Only when, I, I promise. I, I'm like there's a, a... There's a photo of when my milk came in from the baby, and the, it, it's three times the size of his oh head. My God. And they're both just sitting next to each other. And I'm like, I think because I, I had a C-section, so I was on drugs. I didn't even realize they were that big. And I look back at that picture, I'm like... Oh my God. That that is the thing the nursing made mine bigger. Oh. But not the pregnancy. They were just it was all bad. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. How did it feel? And now too, they're like, south. Yeah, well, they mm-hmm. all go south. Yeah. I mean, that's the sad part. I did I did feel it for a while when I was nursing. I was like, oh, I could like, you know, these boobs are nice. Mm-hmm. Because the rest of everything had sort of gone down and, and I still had a little I never had a chest. So this is like this yeah. was like the best thing that ever happened to me. But then the milk went away. And then it's it's, it's sad. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, and you, I've heard you call them sad boobs. Sad boobs. They're yeah. my, my, that's what my daughter calls them. She goes, she was in the shower. <laughs> Your daughter. <with> Great. <laughs> yeah, she goes, <laughs> my son's not old enough to start pulling out the things oh, that are really terrible on me. They yet. are, they, believe me, they, they I've find a way that to they're say brutal. She, she hopped in the shower with me one day and she was like, <laughs> she reached up and she put her hands like under them and she's like, oh, I just don't understand. Why are they so sad? They so I was sad? like, because of you. I mean, they're like, cause you guys did this. She's was, like, no, I didn't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so funny. They really do like, they say the funniest things. And, yeah. But going back to our conversation about like how motherhood not only changes your body, but your perspective, but I can laugh at that and be like, yeah. And you know what? If I ever wanted to fix them, there's a way to do that. Exactly. But yeah. there is something really like, I don't know. It's hysterical <laughs> to go through life. And you know, I'm trying to help my daughters have good body image too and like yeah. understand that everybody's different and you know you may look different like you said from your sister and right. everything's going to be you know changing as you get older but it's um yeah having kids has really brought me down mm-hmm. to like base base <laughs> level of confidence so like sad boobs we gotta work them back up uh, what do you tell moms then who are going through body changes I mean that's a completely different shopping experience and dressing experiences you know are there some like staples that you go back to or some brands that you really liked when you were pregnant um high-waisted jeans yeah. are always a person like maternity best jeans or like regular high-waisted um, 
Well, I mean, I wouldn't encourage anyone to really wear maternity jeans unless they're actually pregnant. I never even wore maternity jeans. That's, oh, you that didn't? You... Yeah, like when no. people were pregnant. I want your I brands that them. you liked. You oh, when it? I was pregnant. Yeah, when okay. you were pregnant. Like what what, no. what stores would you steer your pregnant I clients think, into? I think because my belly was bigger than the butt, and so they were they just turned into oh, sad, they fall down. sad, sad, sad butt jeans. Yeah. <laughs> And I could fit things in the butt and it was, they never stayed up. And I ended up like cursing my way through the day because I had to keep, and there's nowhere to pull them up because it's just a piece of stocking Uh that goes over your belly. And I'm like, I can't even pull up the butt part. They just slowly go down. They just slowly go down. So I never wore maternity jeans. What did you do for pants then? um, I had one pair of pants. And then if not, I wore leggings. I wore the same. I'm still wearing the same leggings. They're the Align Lululemon jeans or the, yes. the oh. leggings. And that's all I wore. Love and the still Align. wear. You know what I what brand I, I wore pregnant and, and not pregnant that I liked um, equally for both mm-hmm. was Isabella Oliver. They made these great. Um, I don't know if there's, this was years ago, but I kept the leggings even after. I mean, my son is going to be seven next month and I still have them. And they're, yeah. they're maternity, but they're still, you know, they're still kicking. And well, it's your sister actually let me borrow a lot of her maternity oh, clothes, right. and that was a game changer. Yeah. She had everything in two bins or three bins, mm-hmm. and I brought it to the house, and I tried everything on. I put whatever I wasn't going to wear, mm-hmm. but that was, I, I think, I never even thought to find somebody that had maternity clothes that I would borrow, mm-hmm. but I, that was a game changer. So if you have the opportunity to do that, even from like tank tops to um, pajamas, I mean, that stuff is so pricey that it was a total game changer and then I washed it and gave it back there were some things that I'm like ah, oh, you probably don't want this back because right. I wore it so much right but dresses for holiday I mean anything if that's you, true if you have the opportunity to ask somebody do that do you you work with moms all the time mm-hmm. I'm sure moms from newborns yeah. all the way up mm-hmm. um when people are trying to get dressed quickly especially those early years like when you said you're showering and you have the the curtain open and you can't right. really <laughs> ever spend too much time getting ready uh, what kind of items do you steer them toward to help them look put together but that don't take that much time I think dresses are such an easy thing and you can belt them you can buy many different belts what um, like even in winter for our friends up north like what do, what would they look for that would keep them warm that would be easy I think leggings I mean if you're yeah. gonna do winter do a legging because it sucks you all in you don't have to wear Spanx you don't have to think about being uncomfortable in a high-waisted jean because I even remember many months after my pregnancy I didn't want to wear jeans because mm-hmm. I felt so uncomfortable so I would find cute things that I could wear with leggings like little t-shirts that I could tie and put on a jean jacket or even a leather jacket or a coat, whatever the case is. I find myself um, doing that even now when I'm in Toronto because I can make leggings look cute in some mm-hmm. type of way. Um, if I'm going out to dinner, obviously it would be a little bit different, but wearing tights under things. I mean, a Spanx tight is going to be comfy. Again, it Talk sucks about stuff you all in. It keeps, yes. you, keeps you really, yeah, I mean, Spanx is, is a great, there's another um, commando I, they make underwear, but they have a high-waisted um, liquid legging, and I got them in Toronto, and they're amazing. Are they I, warm? They are. I tried them on okay. in when I was pregnant, and they didn't fit, obviously, because they right. weren't maternity, but I'm like, I'm going to buy these when I'm not pregnant, and I did, and they, they're amazing. I just so, was doing the whole, like, commando versus Spanx legging debate. Oh, you did? I went with Spanx only because I really mm-hmm. like their, like, sucking in power, but yeah. I, I've heard so many people mention but commando commando, now. commando does almost the same thing. I, they're just higher-waisted. I don't. Oh, the, that's better. Spanks, I don't think are as high waisted. They weren't high waisted enough for me. Okay, that's. Mm-hmm. I literally just got my shipment, so I'm gonna yeah. check it out and see. I know. I I, w- I think I saw that. 
I think I saw that you did. You post it on on Instagram. No, and I, ask somebody did. I they're did. like, "What do you prefer, Commando or Spanx?" And I'm like, "Commando all the way." That's okay. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I like that. I like their the look of the Commandos. They look a little bit more of like a liquid legging. They're shinier, right? They're shinier. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the tying the shirt and the knot. Yes. These little wardrobe hacks. Mm-hmm. I want to run through a couple with you because, sure. like I said, you changed my life when you told me I could roll up my sleeve. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is a whole new world out here for me. So let's go through a couple of those that people can do with things in their closet. So, like, you may have a longer shirt, like you said, that might not look great with a legging, but what right. you, the nodding. What else can we do with what we have? Even when I was pregnant, I nodded all my T-shirts because if you put on a T-shirt when you're pregnant, it just kind of lays sure. there. So oh, I would nod weird. it, and I would put it almost, like, on the side of the bump or, the like, side a little, on the below part. Mm-hmm, on the below part. Okay. And I would just – so that way it cupped because I liked everything a little bit tighter on mm-hmm. me I'm like this is my opportunity I can eat whatever I want who mm-hmm. cares what I look like because I'm pregnant so mm-hmm. yeah all the bumps and the curves are cute They're so adorable. let's yeah. show them off um the rolling of the the rolling of the sleeve sleeves. I mean even just a little bit to to show off your uh your wrist bone I, I was I blew people's mind the other night when I was um emceeing at a Macy's event and I'm like show off your bones it'll literally save you five pounds and all the women are like what I'm like your clavicle bone your wrist bone even showing off your ankle bone it can really honestly make you look thinner and more feminine. And I know that that sounds crazy, but stand in the mirror, wear a jacket that covers your, your bones on your, on your wrist, and then do a little roll or do a little zhuzh up over your elbow. And it makes all the difference. Oh my gosh. It, it really does. And I, I'm shocked that like, I didn't realize this before. Um, I also found that, what do you, like the off the shoulder, like, um, yeah. Even like a sweetheart. So say you're somebody that has a really flat chest and you want to show that off, a sweetheart neckline, whether it's in a bathing suit, um, a a, a fancy dress, or even in like a a crop top, then it's going to be flattering and it's going to make you look like you have more of a bust. The belts are a big thing too. Mm -hmm. What kind of belts do we need to be putting in our wardrobe? I mean, I've found that like I have ones that have to go through the loops, then some like Mm -hmm. around the waist, like kind of that sit a little higher and are thicker. Is there a certain type that you like to? If you want something that's going to give you more bang for your buck, I say buy a more expensive belt. Um, Like I have a a little thin Gucci belt and I wear it, I I bought it big enough to where I can put in my belt loops, but then also it goes over dresses, it goes over a blazer. So I'll wear an oversized blazer and put a little belt on. But then that way I can wear that belt that I spent a lot of money on in a couple of different ways. And then also if you're not a belt person, that's a great way to kind of break up your... um, uh, break up your body. So if you're somebody with a really long torso, then it'll break up and show that you have a waist and you can put it wherever you want. So if I'm somebody that has a short waist, then I'm going to put it in a different spot than what you would because you might have a long torso. Mm-hmm. But it's really good to have that adjustable um, ability within right. a belt. Yeah. I, that's one thing that I found myself, like you said, pieces that I keep. Mm-hmm. I have some that are 20 years old now and I'm shocked that right. that I still have those. Um, what about shoes? Any like kind of silhouette or style that you really like that you think can um, go you know, a little more professional for the workplace and a little more casual for the weekend. So the, the Stuart Weissman, the nudist, I think is just, um, you're the second person to mention that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a, it, I think that that's a, a shoe that everybody should have in their wardrobe, whether it's the Stuart Weissman one or something that's Describe similar. what it looks like. It's one strap right at the toe and then one strap right around the ankle. Um, it's, and, and then it's, heel. It's, it's a heel and it's open in the heel. So it's not closed in the right. back. Uh, it's a very 
it comes in three different sizes. So if you're someone that doesn't want, you know, a six inch heel, then you can go down from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good classic. Yeah. What about a good booty that you like or something that's more winter um, appropriate? Um, depends. Flat boots or combat boots are a huge trend right now and very comfortable, especially when you live in a colder climate. Uh, I have a pair from Sam Edelman. I'm not somebody that likes to spend a huge amount of money on, especially a combat boot. One, it's a little trendy and two, you're going to truck everywhere through it. Like when you have combat boots on, you're not daintily walking right. across the street right. like you would in a nudist, um, the Stuart Wiseman. So I think like you don't necessarily have to spend a ton of money on them. Um, and then a booty with a heel. I think that you could spend a little bit more money be- on those because you're going to be wearing them with jeans. You're also going to wear them with dresses. You're going to wear those in, you know, a few different ways that you can, you can spend, you know, a little bit more money on them. What have you spent money on that you've considered to be an investment or something that's really stayed in your closet and retained its use and appeal? Uh, I think a, uh, especially a handbag that you can mm-hmm. take the strap off of and make into a clutch where you really feel like, I, I just love this bag. I love the look of it. And you can wear it dressed up or dressed down. Um, I always say that word, dress up, dress it up or dress it down. Mm-hmm. Because between a blazer, a leather jacket, a pair of nudist heels, um, it, it's almost like back to your basics on finding that one piece, but maybe spending a little bit more money on those basics to where you can dress them up and dress them down and wear them in in a couple of different ways in your wardrobe. Do you, any brands that you like, any specific styles? Because I feel like I'm always personally on the lookout for a good, like, I like an envelope kind of clutch that I can, Mm -hmm. that has a longer strap. Anything that you've seen lately that you really like? I mean, I love YSL right now. I think that they have great bags that the chains come off and that you can wear in numerous ways. Um, They are, you know, obviously a little bit more pricey. Um, You know, Tory Burch has also come out with great ones that, I mean, I don't know a client that doesn't have something Tory Burch in their mm-hmm. in their wardrobe. I don't necessarily go right towards Tory Burch, but they've gotten better with not having a huge logo, and that you can really and that's in the more affordable price range. Right. But then also, I mean, if you're somebody that really just loves fashion and loves trends, you can find things that aren't expensive that are going to be really fun. Like an Anthropology has the cutest little clutches that will go dressed up or dressed down, and that you're going to spend maybe sixty eight. $78 on. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And well-made, like leather yeah, or like I mean, vegan leather. Everything's I'm big on made, a vegan leather moment. They have all their own. Um, some of the brands that they buy into their stores are brands that you and I can find in other places. But for the most part, Anthropology has their own in-house designers. And they're one-of-a-kind things. You're not going to see them in a Neiman Marcus or a mm-hmm. Bloomingdale's and mass-produced like a Michael Kors or like a Tory Burch. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I found some Free really People cute. is another, they're yeah. right off the anthropology, they're Urban Outfitters. Mm-hmm. I go in Urban Outfitters sometimes, I'm not necessarily shopping their clothes as much as I used to, but they're another place that you can really find fun, inexpensive, trendy things that not very many people, especially your age, are going to have. Right. <laughs> I have such a, like, a time travel moment when I go into Urban Outfitters. Oh, yeah. It's like all 90s stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wore this unironically, so yes. it's really difficult yeah. for me. It's to like the day Easy dress with I, yes, but oh you God. have to think of it almost like exactly like that question that you asked me. How do you navigate through stores without getting overwhelmed? 
Urban Outfitters is one of those things. If, say, you have a clutch in mind, don't necessarily look at all the other stuff or the way that the the mannequins are styled because that's not going to be you. But there might be a really cute beanie or even a hat that you're trying, that you're looking for that you may see on another blogger that has it styled totally different online. And it's from Urban Outfitters. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is a really good option. Um, for fast fashion that's more affordable. Yeah, I love I love hats too. I just kind of warmed up. It's difficult to get the um, like the the guts to wear them because it feels like a lot sometimes for someone who tries to like go undercover to put a hat on. Like here right. I am, but it, that I wear a, hats all the time. Yeah, but you look good all the time. Like you look oh, put together all the time. I'm like but I any, put on a hat. Anyone like, can put to, look put together all the time. It's not about the person. It. Anyone can wear a hat. Anyone can wear but you also have to feel comfortable in it. Yes. If you don't feel comfortable in it, don't do it. That's right. like the same thing with wearing a super high heel. You always see that one woman that comes through at an event or whatever, and you're like, oh, I, mean, I know you really wanted to wear those shoes, but you just look really uncomfortable. Right. And if you're wobbling around, maybe that's not the right shoe for you. I love that That idea behind it because I do think it comes back to comfort and that's something mm-hmm. you learn with age as yeah. you get older the styles and the things that yeah. you like if you don't feel comfortable in it don't don't yeah. wear it no trend is worth no. the discomfort not just no. physically but you're right like no. emotionally too you could right. f- you could put something on we've all had that moment where we put on like a, the, a silhouette of dress mm-hmm. we, we feel exposed in or and you just kind of like hunch in the corner right. all night and that's right. not worth or it. or when I put things on some of my clients like oh my arms are fat and I look and I'm like your arms aren't fat but I have to play, I have to think about their insecurities and what they right. do because I'm the same way. I mean, I, I always resort back to myself and I go, I have insecurities and things and hiccups on my, on my own mm-hmm. body that I have to play into. Remember this person, they're delusional, but right. <laughs> you're not going to change. You're not. not, not <laughs> There's an, only an so hour. much encouraging that I can say, well, you look hot. Right. Like you, gosh, you look hot. Right. That's kind of my go-to. Yeah. It's usually like, oh, I do. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Come back tomorrow. Um, so if you ever want one of your girlfriends to feel okay, and like if men listen to this too, just say, God, you look hot. I'm, say I'm, it with like I'm gonna cut pure confidence. <laughs> just play into my eye. God, you look hot. <laughs> it does. Sometimes you need that external eye though. I mean, you need, yeah. I don't want to say validation because no one wants to feel like you need someone else's like validation to no. get out the door. But mm-hmm. we, you know, so much that we do is just a solo effort, especially like when you're taking care of kids too. I find I'm so like heavy focused on their lives and what they're wearing, what they're doing that right. when, when you have someone who helps pull you out of the moment and say, okay, mm-hmm. this is what I think looks good. Or you That's need that person in your life. Yes. I mean, you, there's, there's such a need for it. And yes. sometimes it isn't always about you being, um, insecure and don't know what you want or you can't make that decision. Sometimes it's just about having a little bit of guidance. And there's even moments when I'm so busy and I'm not doing necessarily the styling but I'm on the flip side where I'm making appearances or I'm doing a TV segment and then the next day I'm emceeing an event it would be so nice to have a stylist somebody that would just throw out a rolling rack and then I could pick from there that would be amazing like I would sign up for that service in two seconds and I'm a stylist who would your dream stylist be oh gosh um I feel like there's like a mix of people. I I feel like that there's um there's so many stylists out there now and I follow so many of them that I I feel like I have a little bit of the bohoness of of Rachel Zoe mm-hmm. where it, her styling me would be a dream, but then there's also uh like a Kendall Jenner stylist that has this like, wow, I would never put that together, but it's sexy and it works because they style other clients too that are kind of, you know, not as old as, or not as young as uh, a Kylie Jenner or Kendall Jenner. Mm -hmm. Um, 
even somebody that styles like a Jennifer Aniston that's got that classic yes. where you go, gosh, that's so different than somebody that's trendy. She's so classic, but then she does a, a trendy twist. She's always sexy, though. Mm-hmm. She's she like is classic, always sexy. But always sexy. Yeah. There's something about, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like we said, goes back to someone knowing what they're comfortable in, mm-hmm. knowing what hairstyle works for them, knowing what jeans work. I mean, there is something to be said for like finding that vibe. It just takes forever to get there. Right. I don't know when that's, it's, it's not happened for me. I know women <laughs> that instantly fall into their style as, you know, teenagers even, and, and it'll, it'll mold with their life and change with their life, but they kind of know who right. they are. But I do think that's rare. Yeah. You've had some experience styling celebrities of I your have. own. And yes. I want to hear all about that <laughs> because like you, you style people that we see on TV all the time. So mm-hmm. like, tell us, um, I, I feel like I, spent so much time like getting all your advice and thoughts but there is a really glamorous side to your job too so who was like one of the and I would say that's the least glamorous really okay so I what I think glamour is maybe these days um is going to a client's house that's got you know a gorgeous home and it's all put together and it's you know there's a candle burning and it's a mood oh it's such a mood and they have (laughs) the music playing in every room and it's the same music because there's a sound system and they offer you cheese and sometimes you drink a glass of wine or there's Perrier. There's anything you want. You could have anything from a Perrier to like an infused something with like their own crushed ice machine. And you know, there's, it is, it's a moment that to me is the glamorous life. Mm -hmm. When you walk in and you're treated like you're a guest in their home and you're not somebody that's just doing a service for them. Um, I think that when you are dealing with celebrities, I don't necessarily feel that it's as an as glamorous job unless you find that one celebrity that kind of treats you like they are, you are one of them. Do they ever treat you like you're I'm sure they do. I just haven't, I haven't been in that in that space long enough, especially at this age to where I know what glamour is. Right. If that makes sense. You know, at I, that age, I didn't know what glamour was like for me to be flown out to LA and to style a celebrity in on a big national TV, uh, segment, you walk into clicks, you walk into, um, other people that might be you may have taken their best friend's job. So they automatically are snubbing you. They've been in the industry for a long time. They feel very entitled. Um, And that feeling is not glamorous. That's not fun. I felt like I was back in middle school and I just don't ever want to go back to that space. Yeah. I don't even want you to have to say who the name was, but I know it was someone that people definitely... Oh yeah. And she was lovely. She was lovely. It had nothing to do with her specifically. I also think that it is a, um, it had nothing to do with her. She's there to do a job. I'm just an accessory in her life. Her babysitting me and making sure that I feel okay is not her job. Um, Right. But I can understand why that would be intimidating. Not, and that's not on her at all, but it's on, um, the experience of, Mm -hmm navigating that cattiness I can understand and to me maybe that's part of what scares people away from fashion too even on like the basis level is like it's an industry that's really associated with a lot of Mm -hmm. you know it's cattiness backstabbing um, like the cool girl click and the not it's just very it's it is it is the industry I also think that you can you can experience that in any new job that you walk into whether you're in corporate America or not there's always going to be even me walking into a new team where there's all these women that have been on the team because my husband plays professional soccer 
culture and walking in can be very intimidating. You don't know who you're going to fit in with. You don't know who's going to like you, who's not going to like you, who's going to be mean, who's not. And then it's, it's all a, it's all something that you have in your head. But I think if I walked into that job in LA now versus walking into it when I was in my twenties, it would be a game changer. I mean, it would, I was not experienced enough to be there. I was very, um, intimidated. I was in LA. I grew up in Orlando. It's just, it was a very different type of, um, situation. Whereas when you get older and you get more mature and you're just more in tune with your body and in you're confident in your work, Mm -hmm. um, it would have been a totally different situation. Would you say there are some things even in your industry in particular, but maybe everywhere that only agent experience can teach you, right? Like, Absolutely. And, and I mean, I think that's in anything, relationships, jobs, uh, the way that you deal deal with people. I mean, there's even been uh, people that I've encountered in, in my job that I'm like, I just don't want to work that with that person anymore. And you just either don't respond to them, um, you break up with them, or you realize that the way that they've treated you or the way that they've spoken to you over something that's so not important in life, mm-hmm. you just decide to walk away. And that's okay to do too. Oh, that's totally okay. I mean, I don't think that there's any job that you should ever feel like someone is treating you wrong, no matter how much the money is. Right. It's hard. I mean, I I know that there are, especially starting out, things that people feel like they can't say no to or they can't turn down. They need the money. They need Mm -hmm. the opportunity Mm -hmm. for the next opportunity. And, uh, but, but that's a good point because we frequently put ourselves in positions where things don't feel right mm-hmm. and that's okay once in a while but if they keep not feeling right or Correct. keep an, and this is for personal lives too I've yes. in, talked to so many women who have this experience with friendships mm-hmm. and they're like I just I feel judged when I'm around her I feel and I'm like it's okay let go yeah it's fine it's There's, okay the money will come the people will, the people um, will come the friends and then, will come and then also you will become stronger, you will become a different person. I mean, I've experienced a few things throughout my career where, um, you know, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to tell these stories because I think in, I I don't have a, uh, HR department, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. There is not that person that you can go to and say, you know what, someone was inappropriate to me and now I want to tell you about it. And you know what, we're going to get this person fired. Right. That doesn't happen in my life. So I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is one always brings somebody with you, especially if you are in a a situation with, um, somebody from the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. Um, and and always have somebody with you so that way it's not your word against that other person. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Gosh, mm-hmm. I, I can, I'm imagining things and it kind of sucks that that it does. has yeah. to be the case. Yeah. But you're smart and you have the experience now to know to. But there's not any backup. amount of money or person mm-hmm. or status or anything that ever is worth your. Um, your safety, you feeling uncomfortable or your reputation. Because I think I always said this, my reputation is all I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anybody to try to say that you've done this or you've done that uh, or misconstrue things or even you, you um, putting that in jeopardy yourself, mm-hmm. there's nothing worth that Yeah, because I that's agree. all you have. Let's take a hard turn. I want to talk about your beautiful baby boy. Okay. I'm like, I feel like I could talk to you forever, but I, we haven't somehow haven't touched on this yet. And um, I want you to talk about what your motherhood experience was like too, because I feel like that's just for someone who's so career focused, it had to have been a big change. So first of all, Huge. first things first, he's 
How old now? He turns 10 months on the 14th. So he was born on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Yes. How was your delivery? Uh, I had a C-section. It was scheduled. um, It was scheduled. Okay. It was scheduled. I did. I did. But not until a week prior. So it was, he was measuring in really big. My doctor's like, listen, you're very, you're a small person. Mm -hmm. If I rec, I would recommend my wife to have a C-section. Right. And I'm like, Okay, that works. Well, then my husband was in uh, California for preseason, and he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to get back. Um, new team, didn't know how to ask a coach. He actually didn't have the contract signed yet. So he's like, how do I ask a coach that I don't have a contract signed yet with that, hey, I, I have I to leave, right. you know? The 14th was the only day that he had off. And they came to him one day prior, gave him a ticket, and he was able to fly home. Oh got stuck in Dallas. They shut the they shut the airport down. Got stuck in Dallas. He ended up getting there. We had to be there at three o'clock in the morning, and he got to my he got to our house at one o'clock in the morning. Oh, were you just on pins and needles the oh, whole time? Yeah, but or you were know you what? Just... I had kind of already had in my head that he wasn't going to be there just because right. for so many months I was like, I'm having this baby by myself, and that's just is what it is. I mean, my mom would be there, but other than that, it's like I got to do this by myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anybody else is in this industry of having a husband that travels all the time, or especially in sports. It's like a lot of the girls were like, oh, my, my husband was only there for one birth of our, of our child. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Um, so we ended up getting there and, um, it was, I was more terrified one about the epidural. I thought, you know, I see this like big needle going in your back and then you're like, they might miss and you'll be paralyzed forever. (laughs) And just just, sign this paper. I know. And I, I, (laughs) and I was talking, I was talking before we, we, before we started and like, I always thought, wow, I got pregnant. That was really easy, really easy, like almost too easy. And then, um, now I actually have to get the baby out and I don't understand that I've watched videos I I get it and all my friends have babies but like now I have to do this it's just very strange um but yeah and it ended up being a lot easier than I thought um not you I wouldn't say easy but it was you're just kind of in a fog and you got to do it like I got to get this baby out so knowing (laughs) that you had sort of the the time not that much time but a little bit of time to mentally Mm -hmm. prepare like what did you do to get in that headspace? I, I had an emergency C-section, so I had 45 seconds to like decide to be put my big girl pants on. But mm-hmm. what would you suggest for women who are a little hesitant about the C-section experience? Like, what did you tell yourself to get through? Um, well, I thought it was actually pretty cool that I was able to wake up that morning and shower and get my oh, hair done. Look and all cute. Yeah, I put makeup on, and I was like, I felt... There's not much structure in my life, especially in this job, because you're kind of on call all the time. And then also I had, my husband was living in Toronto and I was living here and we had packed up one house and then we were living out of a studio apartment and my mom was there. So there was no structure in my life whatsoever. So if you're a structured person, a C-section is actually not a terrible, a scheduled C-section is Mm -hmm. not a terrible thing. Um, I wasn't expecting as much pain after. So Mm -hmm. I've still, I mean, I'm nine months postpartum and I'm still experiencing a lot of like abdominal pain. And when I walk, I'm not as, I'm just not as agile. I I don't last as long when I'm, when I'm working out. So I think for that, I was not expecting that. And I also compare myself to my friends. I'm like, well, she bounced back. She's running. She doesn't have a belly anymore, you know? But I think that that's the biggest misconception is that you just don't know what your body's going to do. 
Yeah, you don't know what your body's going to do. You don't know what your baby's going to do. Mm-hmm. I would look at other people's kids and be like, well, they nap for four hours. Why doesn't my oh baby my nap gosh, for four don't hours? They, we, could, we could talk all day about kids napping and sleep <sighs> deprivation he, and all of that. It's <laughs> real. I know. Isn't it hard? Is he a, I, I, I hate this question, but I don't know how else Is to phrase it. Is he a good sleeper? <laughs> Is he a good sleeper? Air quotes. Um, my kids were not so good sleepers. So I would say no, he's not a good sleeper. Yeah. But when we are home and he, had, he has structure, but mm-hmm. we, again, we're living out of another suitcase for a month because I'm traveling here for work and I was here in September for a month and we've just been all over the place. Uh, but when we are back home and he's in his crib and he has his, you know, we get him in bed at seven o'clock, he's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does sleep through the night. What is, do you know what next year looks like? I know Richie could be traded or like, how does that work? Because so he, it's different for Toronto every team. Toronto is, um, has, they want him. So okay. now they're just in negotiations with, okay. you know, what they're going to do with, um, you know, the paycheck. <laughs> I, I mean, that's like a really yeah. nice city to, to land in. It I is. feel like it, I hear such great things. Oh man. It is. If we could have been traded anywhere, I'm like, thank goodness we weren't like in Ohio or something. I mean, God forbid we do. And I, we would make the best out of it. But I think that if any city he's from Toronto, his family's really cool. there, we have friends there. Um, it could be a lot worse. So we are very thankful and he is doing awesome. That's he awesome. killed it this year. So that was a huge change from him being here in Orlando uh, with the team here and now being in Toronto. It's It's been night and day. Yeah, and you take on, as I would imagine, as the spouse of someone in that high-pressure situation, you probably take on a lot of that stress and you do. the worry about what's next. So mm-hmm. it's nice to probably just take a deep breath and, and yeah. enjoy. And I think being away from friends, being away from family, I don't um, – I know that you know from being in a different city and and not necessarily with your kids, but once you have a kid, it's kind of a game changer and you want to be around your friends. I mean, I'm sure you still have a ton of friends in Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. that you uh, don't get to watch them grow up and have play dates and stuff like that. But I think that this year I've made a uh, goal for myself to really focus on making friends and finding my own instead of it being, cause I mean, when you have a brand new baby, it's very hard to tell yourself that, Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna, right. um, I'm going to make all these friends. And then you end up staying in the house all day. Cause you're like, how did I even, oh, did I insane. shower? Did I, I know it really, <laughs> I ate cereal for, for, <laughs> for dinner three nights in a row, you know, it's, and you don't even realize it's no. the biggest time warp yeah. of all is having mm-hmm. a child. And I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say that like, it's a different universe. And, you know, there was, there were so many, um, I I don't want to ever discount saying, you know, it's the best thing in the world. It 100% is the most amazing feeling, especially when that baby is pulled out and shown to you and you're like, (gasps) like you can't even catch your breath because like, that's my baby. That's fine. Like I did that. Oh my God. And he's healthy and he's breathing and he's crying, you know, but then you're like, oh my God, this is so hard. It is the best hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life like did your perspective immediately shift what was your big lightning moment I had one like right after having it being like oh my god all of a sudden I'm really more appreciative of my mom like did you have that moment yeah what what did it look like for you Um, me and my mom we um we've been close we've definitely are so close now um we've always been close but I think growing up I gave her a really hard time I definitely (laughs) gave her a run for my money when I was in when I was a teenager but um it did it it had this like I even sometimes now when I'm holding him or I'm brushing his hair or I'm doing everything for him at the end of the day and I'm like 
well, he's going to be my age one day. And is he ever going to understand everything that I did for him? I mean, I have sad boobs because of him. <laughs> and he's never going to say, mom, I'm so thankful for all that milk that you gave me <laughs> no, for, you know, care. seven months. But you know There's what? There's never going to be that appreciation. So you, I think as a woman, that makes you very, yes. uh, like you, you gotta, you gotta pull it together for yourself. More than anything. There will be a moment, though, when his partner or wife has a baby and somehow a child comes into his life. I mean, it really is that full circle, like, Mm -hmm. holy crap. Yeah. And I see, I even see Richie talking to his mom. So the, the very beginning of our relationship, he would talk to her here and here and here and now and uh, check in with her. But now he, he talks to her every day. Oh, and I think so a lot of that probably has to do with, without him even saying it, the appreciation of just being a father. Yeah. Yeah. And saying, God, my mom, Melanie does a lot for Elijah. I can't even imagine what my mom did for us, like being an immigrant and, you know, getting us, you know, over here and from Africa and like all of those things that her trials and tribulations of life versus our life that's very easy and simple yeah. and comfortable. Yeah, I know. Parents have this way of making everything seem magical and easy. And then you hit a point as an adult where you realize what the world is. Mm-hmm. And that's the first realization is my parents aren't perfect. They went through a lot of crap to get oh, me yeah. where I am. And then you're grateful then. But then you're right. That have, adding a kid into that really makes it even more a parent. Yeah. And I, and I also think about, you know, my dad when he's like, Oh yeah, I made $11 an hour with two kids and a wife. And I'm like, you did? It's insane. Hold on. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how did you do that? I mean, I know that even diapers and formula and all of that is just, it's so expensive. I don't know how some people here are even able to do that. And then it does make you feel even more blessed because you're like, I'm able to have those things. Take care of your baby. Take care of your baby. Um, I want to round it out with, because, you know, I want to, tap into every last a bit of advice we can get from you. Yes. And because we're talking to a lot of moms, one, I don't know, like inspirational or practical piece of advice, something you want to leave the moms out there with who who want to start to feel like themselves again or mm-hmm. want to start to find that style and, and um, feel good after kids. I think I even struggled with it. So you're not alone. I, I, I think that sometimes women think, uh, well, I'm not stylish. And now I'm like really stuck in mom mode. But I think for me too, um, find your own timing. I don't think that you have to bounce right back right away. And just because your friends bounce right back or you're right back into wearing heels and you're wearing all of your cute, cute stuff, be really kind to yourself and, and not don't put the pressure on having to be uh, right back to where you were because I'm still not back to where I am and I'm nine months postpartum and my world is fashion. Um, So I think more than anything, just be really kind to yourself and don't compare yourself to anybody else because I I too am having to remind myself of that. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Be kind, be grateful. Just be really kindful to yourself, kind to yourself because I think that that's what – I miss sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You look back on those pictures, <laughs> you're like, what was I even complaining yeah, about? Yeah, what was I complaining about? There was nothing wrong with me. But I also look back at those pictures and I was I was sad. I was yeah. it was it was a different time. I was single, I was, you know, dating from person to person and there was no structure in my life and now it's like I have a baby and a great husband and, you know, there's so many things that, not that that makes everything better, but, you No, know, but you found what works for you. And what that's your what I was, was. That's what you it's wanted. What I wanted. Right. I always right. wanted a baby and I always wanted somebody that cared for me the way that Richie does. And so it's, it's just, it's a different, um, there's a hole that I didn't yeah. realize was there. And now that it's full, you're like, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, I don't know. I, that's where I, 
I, I feel that because that's despite all of my, or not despite, I guess that's the wrong word. In addition to all my career ambitions, I also wanted that too. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to like, I mean, I didn't know that I really wanted like more than one. I was like, oh, I think maybe one would be good. <laughs> I have three. But, um, but yeah, I love how, how well you put that. Be kind. I think we can all use that reminder. Tell us where we can find you all over social media so people can follow you. Well, you can go to my website. It's MelaniePace.com. And that's where a lot of the styling pieces are where, um, you know, kind of the breakdown of what I do. Right. And then you can also follow me on Instagram. It's just at Melanie Pace. And then I'm, I'm on Twitter. I don't really do much on Twitter other than repost all my husband's stuff because (laughs) I'm so proud of him. Because you're a supportive wife. Yes. And if you're in the Orlando area, are you, Mm -hmm. you're doing a lot of fashion events so we can find that all through your social channels, right? Absolutely. I mean, I'm constantly plugging every event that I have. I don't really have a list or anything on my website, but again, I think that more people are on social media than they are on their websites these days anyway. But yes, absolutely. There's definitely a list of things that I'll be doing. And then I come back again in April. So I'll be back for another month as well. Well, we'll we'll drag you back in if you don't mind. Okay. Drag me back in. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you coming in. Of course. All right, guys, how amazing is Melanie? I loved that conversation. I really want to bring her back to studio when she comes back next year because I feel like there are so many practical takeaways from that interview that literally everybody can use, no matter where you are in life, how much you love fashion, how much it might scare you. We all need to, you know, be in a point where it feels a little more accessible and easier of a topic to tackle. So, um, yeah, I had a great time talking with Melanie. You guys have to check out her social channels. She always has um, great content up that's like, a great outfit of the day kind of inspiration. Sometimes I have to look at a picture before I get dressed to like know how to put things together. That's just me because I don't know what I'm doing. But Melanie's got great content every day. So again, make sure you follow her at Melanie Pace on Instagram. I'm at Sunny Abada. I would also be so grateful if you guys would take a moment to rate and review. That helps to get this podcast out to people who might enjoy it, appreciate it, find it useful. So just go ahead and do that. I'm also running a bunch of giveaways for people who leave ratings and reviews because I am desperate like that. Just kidding. I'm grateful. And I am known to drop in on people and um, send a little DM on Instagram and send them a little goodie, a little beauty goodie in the mail for leaving a rating and review because that genuinely really does help. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, SunnyAbata.com for all of the latest content and on Instagram as well. And I will see you guys next week with more good stuff. Mm-hmm.